You're listening to the Bug Bucks Podcast, hosted by Alan Draper and Eric Bassett. Each week, they'll discuss ways to scale and grow your pest control company with a goal of helping you become a bug money millionaire. Those are the kinds of things that you want to start adding in and testing. So just like Alan said, focus 90% on what you know, that niche, right? 90% of what you know is good. And then test out the other 10%, maybe once a season and see how it goes and give it a good trial run. And then ask yourself, dude, is this scalable or am I wasting my time? Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Bug Bucks podcast, a podcast designed to help you become a bug money millionaire. I'm Alan Draper. And I'm Eric Bassett. And we're your hosts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bug Bucks Plus, which is the number one course designed to help you start and grow your pest control company. Eric and I are dedicated to providing you with the best resources to help you on your journey to success. Before we begin, I just want to remind everybody, the best way to receive new episodes is by subscribing to our show on your preferred platform, such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you love the show, please leave us a review and a rating. And one last reminder, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, go to Bug Bucks, that's B-U-G-B-U-X on Facebook. We love to hear from our listeners and we love to be able to interact with them on that platform. What do you have for us, Eric? All right, so today we are diving into what services you don't offer and why. And then if you're only doing general pest, what are the first ancillary or auxiliary services you should be adding into your service offering? What do you think, Alan? This is a really good question, and I don't think people spend enough time thinking about it. Part of the issue is, you know, all of us know an attorney that will do a little of everything. (laughs) You you go to them, they'll draft grandma's will, they'll sue somebody for breach of contract, they'll handle a divorce case, they'll, you know, they'll write up a contract, whatever. And there's some attorneys where they kind of get by doing that. And that's okay. That's their thing. They kind of like maybe diversity in their day. But it's really hard to be a jack of all trades. And I think the really tempting part is in the beginning, and I felt this, it's like someone calls you, hey, we've got a freaking beaver in the attic or whatever. (laughs) And it's like, I remember me trying to think of a way that we could solve that you know, help them with that, even though it was really way above our heads. And that's not an actual case scenario, but we've all felt that where it's like, Hey, we need help with snakes or deer or rodent remover or whatever. And it's like, dude, you know, we have a spot, we've just started. And that's what happens with attorneys. That's how I don't think people, they plan that out. Like, Hey, I'm just going to do everything. I think that's the beginning. And I think it's okay. You know, to kind of kick your business off that way. But I don't think it's a long-term plan, right? Jack of all trades, master of none. And I know that saying goes on, but for our purposes, (laughs) you really need to know your niche. I just had somebody text me, one of my good buddies started pest control company within the last year. And he asked me about like how he told me that he's getting some commercial leads. And I know their bread and butter is gen pest, recurring services, affluent neighborhoods. And he asked me like, Hey, what about proof year one? What did you guys do? And I told him like, Hey, I understand the pressure, but in order to compete with 
people, especially bidding on, you know, food service plants and warehouses. I told them it's unlikely that you're going to win a bid anyway, because they're going to outbid. They are going to be making cents on the dollar because they have their systems down. So mm-hmm. in the beginning, I would niche 90% of your services to one area. You know, yeah. I would, whatever that is, if you're like, hey, I'm going to go hardcore commercial and my focus is going to be restaurants or whatever, maybe 90% of it doesn't need to be restaurants, but within kind of that category. Yeah. And I mean, so over time, you're going to try new things and that's okay. I want to encourage guys to try new things and look at new things. And, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a visionary and there's a lot of times you can't even avoid it. Right. Mm -hmm. Just like you said, someone's going to call you and be like, Hey, so, you know, like we've got these gophers or moles and do you guys do any trapping? And you're like, well, I don't do any trapping, but maybe I could, you know, and like, it's, it's so close, but it's just right outside your scope. And you're like, man, could I add that? And sometimes you just need to focus in, which is really tough for some visionaries to do. You got to focus in and think, okay, where can I spend my time where I'm going to get the best ROI, right? And I'm going to be able to grow my business quickly and efficiently and effectively. When we look at new services and we've looked at a lot of different things, I'll give you guys an example. A couple of years ago, we had a lot of clients and people ask us all the time, you know, they see our brand, they're like Natura Pest Control. It sounds like natural. You guys must do a lot of organic type treatments. And we do have a line of FIFRA exempt products, right? That we offer for some clients. But we had a lot of people who asked us questions about garden treatments and fruit trees and all these things. And so we're like, okay, let's create this program just for gardens. And we called it Garden Guard. And it looked awesome. And it sounded awesome. And the problem was, is that it required specialized products. It required specialized equipment. It Hmm. required specialized training. And not every customer has a full garden or a little mini orchard you know, in our service area, it was just not scalable. It just wasn't. And we ran it for about 18 months and we ran it for the first 12 months. We realized that we had drastically undercharged <laughs> for what, <laughs> what we were doing. And that's the other part about adding new services is yeah. that you, you mess up how much you want to charge. And then for the last six months, we like bumped up how much they paid for the service. And then we just kind of slowly but surely let customers go because we just knew it wasn't scalable. So that's one thing that I just want to throw out there is when you have something like general pest and that's all you're focusing on, get really good at it, right? Get really good at general pest and then slowly start adding in little things that are easily scalable. Like here's an example. There's customers that we have in our market or in a previous market that I worked in that are problem with bill bugs guys probably hear these as grubs, right? They're the grubs of bill bugs that feed on the roots of grass and they cause damage to people's lawns. We're not a lawn care company. We're a pest control company, but we have access to systemic products that you can apply to the lawn. And it's super simple. You can put it in a spreader, just like we would do for normal granule treatments. And you can upcharge for that because it's a specialized treatment. And it was something really simple that we could add to our service. And it was not complicated. We get the products from the same distributors. We can put the bag of granules in the same van. We use the same spreader for it. Technician has the same licensing to do it. Really simple, right? Those are the kinds of things that you want to start adding in and testing. So just like Alan said, focus 90% on what you know, that niche, right? 90% of what you know is good. And then test out the other 10%, maybe once a season, 
and see how it goes and give it a good trial run. And then ask yourself, dude, is this scalable or am I wasting my time? I think when somebody gets started and they're thinking about going into different sectors of you know, the pest control market, one of the first questions you should ask is why? Why am I doing this? Is it because, hey, I'm getting a whole bunch of leads. We do a lot of digital marketing in a few of our markets. One of our markets produces thousands of wildlife leads. And I think a lot of it is coming organic. Thousands. And over the years, we've tried different partners that hasn't worked out and different arrangements. And so, you know, years ago, we said, hey, let's get into wildlife, right? And the entire construction slash repair work, right? The exclusion, all that. So start there. Is this me being bored? Is this me (laughs) thinking the grass is greener? What about that? Mm -hmm. Or it's like, yeah, I see all these commercial guys and I just see how like they're slaying it in the winter. You know, they don't have a bunch of cancellations, both of which are true, right? Yep. Certain industries, they have to have pest control. And then you dig in and you're like, well, those margins aren't what I thought they were, whatever. (laughs) So find out why. Why are you wanting to get into it? My buddy that texted me today, it's clear that he's like getting all these leads falling into his lap. That's okay. But identify why you're doing it. I think it's in his book, Good to Great, Eric. Jim Collins talks about the hedgehog concept. I think that's Mm. right. And he talks about where your business should be focused. And he says that it's at the intersection of three things. One, what drives your economic engine? What is it that is keeping you afloat and is allowing your business to really excel financially? Two, what are you very passionate about? And three, what is something that you can be the best in the world at? And so if you can imagine three Venn diagrams with those three categories, right? What is something you can be the best in the world at? What is something that you're very passionate about and what drives your economic engine? That is your hedgehog concept. I forgot why he called it the hedgehog concept. <laughs> surely there was something better. He could have named it, but the idea is genius. So find that hedgehog concept and do a 90, 10 or 80, 20. And when you get really, really good at something, just do it over and over and over and over. And if you get bored, I mean, we start business for a bunch of different reasons. And if you go into it, Eric, I think this is key into why you should ask yourself that you're interested in other areas. But if you're like, hey, I just want to learn about something else. I'm curious. You know, I want to figure something else out. That's perfectly fine. But if you're like, hey, I'm trying to really scale my business. I'm trying to increase profitability. I'm trying to become really, really good at something. The best, best control company you know, in this niche in my market, then find out what your hedgehog concept is and do it over and over and get so just become obsessed with it. Don't fall into this shiny object syndrome. Most companies that are, I'd probably say less than 10 years old, 10 years, maybe even less than 20 years. Most of the best performing, most profitable, fastest scaling companies found their hedgehog concept, whatever they called it, and just hit it over and over and over ad nauseum. And they're still doing it. So now you'll run into a Terminex orc and it's been doing it for a hundred years plus. 
that it's like, okay, they'll do attic insulation, they'll do termite treatments, they'll do commercial, they have all these divisions. Yeah, they've been around for 100 years. You know, one of them's a publicly traded company. So there's resources or amazing resources also. So it's a little different. But I think just going back to that, hey, why are we doing this? I approach this subject a little bit, Eric, like I approach when somebody comes to me and they're like, hey, Alan, I want to add another market. It's like, well, why? Mm-hmm. You give me a really good reason why you want to do that. If you have less than 20,000, at least 15,000 recurring customers in your current market. If it's a decent size metro, if it's you know a small town where it's like, hey, we're maxing out here. Okay, that makes sense. But I'll have somebody call me. They have a business in L.A., They'll have, you know, 5,000 accounts and they're like, yeah, I'm thinking about going to Albuquerque. Okay. (laughs) Why would you do that? Same with this. Hey, you know, we're great at lawn care, mosquito treatment or ornamental. I'm thinking about getting into termites. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. why? Why don't you double down? And it affects all areas of your business. It's not just going to affect the service side. A lot of times people are like, Oh, I just need to, you know, get my certifications and maybe add a new category to my commercial liability. It's like it is going to affect every area of your business from your marketing to how you're doing your books. We do our books differently with our termite treatments than we do with our gen pest because mm-hmm. there's different things that are coming into play. Our cost of goods sold is a lot higher. So anyway, you know, All that being said, Eric, I actually don't have a problem with somebody adding a line of service if the timing's right and they go into it with, you know, the, with the right reasons. Because if you're established, if you're not in your first year, second year, third year, you have some profit. And if you haven't listened to our episode about profitability and what to do with retained earnings slash profits, make sure to go back and listen to that. It's going to be played either before this or immediately after. So make sure you check out that episode. We'll put it in the show notes, what episode number that is. But when you have a plan and you're like, Hey, I have some money where we can kind of reinvest. We're kind of maxing out this particular segment. I have no problem with adding another line of services, as long as it's done deliberately and not just because somebody's getting, you know, shiny object syndrome. Yeah. Well, and it's just, I mean, you know how this goes too. people approach you and they have a business idea, even if it's not pest control, right? And they're like, hey, like I, I have this business idea. I want to ask you about it. I want to see if you want to get involved in it. And whenever that happens to me, the first thing I have to ask myself is, okay, is this in my ballpark? Like, is this my wheelhouse, right? Like, yeah. is this in the realm of what I'm good at and what I can excel at and really provide very, very good value? And I think it's the same scenario when it comes to adding on these auxiliary services, just like you said, right? And again, you kind of have to kind of draw this like little circle, right? And in that little circle, you've got gen pest, okay? And then as you kind of pick all these little ancillary or auxiliary services, mark them down on the paper at a distance of how far away they are from what you're existing, what you're already doing, I love this idea. I love this idea. And just draw a circle in the distance from that little circle of gen pest to whatever that other service is, is how much stress and headache is going to give you adding in that new service, right? Yeah. Because just like you said, it, it doesn't just affect, you know, your normal operations, like your customer service team has to be trained up on this on how to answer questions about the service, right? You got to get, you know, if you have one technician that is handling this particular specialized service and not all your technicians, well, if that one technician's sick, now you have a logistical bottleneck mm-hmm. on when those services can be done, right? And I've been with companies that handled subterranean termite treatments, and I've done subterranean termite treatments myself. 
And I've been with companies that definitely didn't do it, right? And there are absolutely profits from subtraining termite treatments. There's some money to be made there. However, dude, there are investments in equipment and vehicles. And just like you said, there's insurance that comes into play. And I personally have drilled through someone's pipe that was underneath a slab of concrete that should not have been there and was not marked. (laughs) And guess who paid for that? I did. (laughs) Right. So there's just a lot of different things. So just to kind of come full circle, focus on what you're really good at. Don't ignore the fact that you are a visionary and you're going to come up with new ideas that you want to go chase. Just do that in an educated way Mm -hmm. and then know how to evaluate whether or not that new thing that you Mm -hmm. tried to add is actually going to be good for your business in the long run. That's such a great point. It especially... I love this idea of being deliberate and planning it out, not just getting as entrepreneurs, we get really excited about stuff, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, somebody new coming on board or a new marketing program. It's great to get excited about those things. We're like, Hey, I just figured out I can make a bunch of money with this other line of service, insulation referrals or whatever, solar, some pest control companies were selling both on the doors still probably do. And it's like, fine, let's be deliberate about it. It reminded when you were talking about that, Eric, it reminded me of the story of the iPad. A lot of people don't know that the iPad was actually created first. A lot of people don't know that. Steve Jobs, Mm -hmm. he was such a visionary that he was creating things and designing things in his head and on paper that they didn't have the technology to actually produce yet. So what did he do? He found a way to produce the iPhone first. The iPhone and the iPhone is just obviously changed the world. But his end goal was the iPad. A lot of people don't know that. They're like, well, the iPhone came first. So, and it just progressed into the the iPad. No, no, no. It's the other way around. He created the iPhone so that he could create the iPad. Mm -hmm. So he did kind of what you were just talking about, where he's like, okay, what's the next closest thing? So he didn't skip from, you know, the iPod to the iPad. He's like, okay, that's a couple of steps removed. And so our analogy or our correlation would be, hey, I'm not going to go from gen pest to like serious, serious termite treatments, like drilling, you know, termite infestations where there's some, there's this liability and all these things. Maybe my next step, maybe I should do some like minor my slash rat control, right? Not even mm-hmm. major stuff. Major stuff's just crazy, right? Or maybe I'm going to add a mosquito service, residential mosquito to my residential gen pest. And yep. it's okay to have this vision like Steve Jobs had where it's like his baby was the iPad, but he was such a genius. He was so smart. He was so deliberate about it that he knew he wasn't going to overextend himself jumping over the iPhone to create the iPad just because that was the new flashy object. He's like, hey, I'm going to take years to do this. And it did. It it was literally years. You know, I'm trying to think of dates, maybe 2006 or seven that the first iPhone came out. And it wasn't until nine or 10 that the first iPad came out. So with your business, as you're looking to add these ancillary services, do exactly what Eric just said. Like literally write it down. Like let's take baby steps. And I think that does a lot for you. 
it will create this culture where you're not just destroying your people, right? They're just getting frustrated. It allows you to kind of add other services along the way. It decreases your overall risk. You think about it, decreases your overall risk. It's easier to cross sell if, you know, going back to the example of Gen Pass, residential Gen Pass to Mosquito, man, just cross sell your current list. Send them an email, send a text campaign, whatever, versus like moving into something more difficult. 100%. Yeah, I can't agree with you more. That makes so much sense. And the more that I think about it, the more I look back at situations that we've had in the past with these ancillary services. And, you know, sometimes I shake my head and I'm like, yeah, that was a very expensive lesson that I learned. But hey, you know, that's all right. And I really like how we're talking about this in the format of making it digestible, right? It's like these nice little stepping stones to get to where you want to be. If you want to go after termites, then go after termites. But maybe you should start with, you know, carpenter ants and maybe wood destroying organism inspections. Hey, that's great, you know? And then after you have seen stuff and you have an idea and you've seen other companies and how they handle things and maybe you get some input from them, then you kind of jump into some termite treatments that you want. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of want to, this one little final thought from me, if you're the pest control company and you have a, a desire to be like the one-stop shop for any type of pest issue and you want people to call hmm. you and that's the reputation you want to have, right? That's kind of what, what we're building in our market is kind of trying to be the one-stop shop. But I'm never going to be the pest control company that it does everything. Instead, what I'm going to be is the number one pest control resource that people hmm. can call where I'm either taking care of your issue or if I'm not taking care of it, I have a verified referral that I can send you to, you can. And so now my brand becomes synonymous with like the Google of pest control companies. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what I want to do. So you don't have to do everything, okay? You need to focus on what's good, what you do well, and then just have a good network of other providers who can help your customers for the things that you don't do. Yeah, that's such a good point because there's a way that you can monetize that too. And there's a way where you can, you know, it's going to take some work, but it is going to be less work than you doing it yourself. You becoming the termite expert, you becoming the attic insulation, the, you know, wildlife Mm -hmm. removal, whatever expert. And it reminds me of Tony Shea is the Zappos creator and he lived Mm -hmm. a fascinating life during COVID battled some depression, I think, and he passed away. But he wrote a book called Delivering Happiness. It's a, it's the Zappos story. Mm-hmm. And in it, he shares this story about somebody calling. They got the wrong number, ended up calling a Zappos rep. They were looking for a pizza place. <laughs> and oh, probably an older individual or somebody didn't have te- access to technology several years ago. And the customer service rep stayed on the phone with them, gave them the location of the, you know, g- gave them phone numbers for like the top three pizza places, their phone numbers. And it's like, if that person is ever going to buy shoes, you know where they're going to (laughs) go. Yes. And this is kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent. But if you become that for people where it's like, hey, point them in the right direction, you're going to develop a brand, you know, help solve their problem, even if it's not you that's doing it or you're not making money. Now, be wise about it. Make sure you're not just sending them to anybody, you know, companies that aren't going to be able to take care of them or don't provide excellent service or whatever, but build those lists. And there are ways to make relationships. We're working actively on this to 
just create these lists where all sorts of home services issues can be met. Because if somebody, a lot of times they'll need all sorts of work done depending on the pest issue that they face. So hope this helps. If you have questions, make sure to go to our group, Bug Bucks, B-U-G-B-U-X on Facebook. Make sure the best thing that you could do if you want to kind of just pay us back a little bit for the time and effort we put into this podcast, share it with somebody that you think could benefit from this. If somebody's asked you or they've talked to you about adding different service lines, share this episode with them. I'm sure they'll be grateful and we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Bug Bucks podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please show your support by subscribing and leaving us a five-star rating. Thank you. And we'll catch you on next week's episode.